Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another Thursday evening, reflecting into this topic of theology of the body, a topic where we have the opportunity from one week to the next to really engage how, as we are created in the image and likeness of God, in our masculinity and femininity, we really do image God um, and how we are called in our bodies to reflect God more profoundly. Now, if you are a faithful listener to this Thursday evening, you know that I have Ivan Mora joining me. So, Ivan, it is great to have you with me again. Thanks for having me back. So, Ivan, this Thursday evening is our seventh installment of our uh, 12-week study on theology of the body. And while We're going to take up this topic of pornography. Uh, Last week we looked at uh, contraception, natural family planning. This week we're going to talk about pornography. We always take up every subject matter within the context of theology of the body. And so with that, I know you had some important verses for us um, as it relates to uh, the importance of inviting God uh, into our relationships and into our marriages. Yeah, so we have discussed so many uh, insights on theology of the body, and today I figure it will be a good idea to talk about what does this look like in the context of a relationship? Mm-hmm. When would you invite God to be part of your uh, marriage, mm-hmm. or just any relationship in general? And there's a beautiful story in Scripture on the book of Tobit, and in this story there's two young people searching for love, crying out for love, And the archangel Raphael hears their cry, so he brings it before God. Eventually, God puts them together, and they they fall in love with each other. Mm -hmm. Now, on their way tonight, they both sit down on their bed, and they pray to God. They thank Him, and they bless Him, and they ask for His protection and His mercy. Mm -hmm. And Tobias says, Lord, I take Sarah as my wife, not out of lust, but with fidelity. Send down your mercy on me and on her, and grant that we may be that we may grow all together, bless us with children. So I think this exemplifies very well this love, this free, total, faithful, fruitful love that mm-hmm. we talked about last week, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is which are the four elements of Christ-like love. Yeah. And how important, Ivan, is it that we bring our Lord into everything? You know, you just talked about the free, total, faithful, fruitful love. Uh, this is Christ-like love. This is Christian love. This is the love that belongs in marriages. This is the love that belongs in in the bedroom. And you see, I'm not married, but I imagine there must be some couples out there who may be wondering, well, wouldn't praying before the act kind of kill the fun uh-huh. of it? Yeah, yeah. But would eating, will praying before a meal take away from the deliciousness of the, of the food? No, it wouldn't. If anything, it will prepare you mentally and physically for it. Mm-hmm. Well, in a similar way, God's plan for love is so much more exciting and rich mm-hmm. than anything we can come up with. Yeah, that's right. So you were talking about how this prayer uh, of Tobias in the book of Tobit 
really brings us back to what we were talking about last week as it relates to that free, total, faithful, fruitful act of love. Yeah, you see, Tobias and Sarah, they gave themselves to each other totally and freely in marriage. They committed themselves to each other for the rest of their lives. When Tobias said to God, allow us to grow all together, and they were open to life. Mm-hmm. They were, it was fruitful when mm-hmm. he said, bless us with children. Yeah. And I think this is the kind of love that Christ is calling us to have in our own relationships. There's many other ways in which we can exemplify or not exemplify free, total, faithful, fruitful love. Mm-hmm. For example, sex cannot be freely given by a person who is dominated by lust. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, for instance, who said one time, if an attractive woman were to ask me if I want to be with her, I, I don't know if I would be able to say no. Mm-hmm. He's a virgin now. But does that mean that he's pure? No, he's not free to say yes or to say no. He's dominated by his lust. If you have to pay it for sex, is that free love? No, it's called prostitution. Mm-hmm. If it's forced or if you're being pressured into it, is it free love? No, it's not. When it comes to total love, one-night stands, safe sex, or as we talked about last week, contraception, is this total love? No, it is partial self-given. It's mm-hmm. not a total self-given of self. Is it faithful? We see a lot of shows today that illustrate the opposite of chastity and fidelity. For example, Desperate Housewives or Sex in the City, they do not encourage fidelity. Mm-hmm. And then we finally, we talked about fruitful love last week. For it to be fruitful, one has to be open to children. Yeah. It's interesting as you're talking there, Ivan, I, I was on the highway the other day and there's this big billboard and the billboard itself said, this could be you. And it was this guy with all of these, you know, really nice looking women around him who um, has just won in some, you know, slot machine or something. And it was a billboard for some casino. This could be you was the message, right? Is this encouraging (laughs) chastity? Is this encouraging purity? I I couldn't help but think, imagine, imagine if that billboard had a picture of a priest or a woman religious and it said, this could be you. Ooh, (laughs) it would be wonderful. (laughs) But of course, the idea here is in American popular culture, the things that we're talking about here on Theology of the Body in this whole series are not encouraged, right? (laughs) They're not popular by American popular standards. And this is why, as we noted last week, this is why, Ivan, that um, this very subject matter is inviting, though, to so many of our listeners because they are overrun with the same message that you need to have sex and you need to have sex now, as opposed to the gift of chastity, as opposed to um, the gift of fidelity. Uh, so all very important. Now, as we talk about this, Ivan, that love is called to be free, total, faithful, and fruitful, theology of the body does call out a particular sin, a sin that certainly has wreaked havoc on our culture today, and that's pornography. If love is free, total, faithful, and fruitful, uh, pornography is binding, empty, it is faithless, and it is sterile. Uh, Pornography is that sin uh, that which Satan really takes the beauty of the body and plagiarizes it to be something that it's not, presenting it to the world as some sort of beautiful and good thing, when of course we know that is not the case. So as it relates to pornography, uh, Ivan, maybe for some of our listeners, I think it would be good to work through some general definitions so that we can appreciate what's going on here. Um, the Catechism in paragraph 2354 notes that pornography 
consists in the removing of real or simulated acts from the intimacy of partners in order to display them to third parties. Uh, the word pornography itself, it's interesting here, Ivan, is derived from a Greek word that literally translates the writing of harlots. Uh, the Greek compound conveys a kind of obscene writing. It, it strikes me because when you start talking about art, you start talking about writing, yeah, you, you think something that's uh, attractive, you're, you're drawn to, <coughs> excuse me, and Satan uses this. In fact, what he does is he hijacks the authentic meaning of the body, he plagiarizes it, and he, he presents it to be something that it is not. In fact, this is how Satan actually, we could say, Ivan, evangelizes the imagination. He, he bombards us with images that we think are good and beautiful, when in fact uh, it is an abuse of the intended purpose of the body. When I use the word evangelize, what do I mean? I mean, I can hear some of you thinking to yourself, you know, Satan evangelizes the imagination. Well, if you've heard me talk before about the new evangelization, what have you heard me say? Now, how does John Paul II talk about it? He says we need to use images to evangelize the imagination, to provoke heart and mind. Well, Satan does the same thing with the twisted gospel. You see, he inverts the meaning of something, and he bombards us with images, and by doing so, he evangelizes our mind and heart according to his plan. Well, let us consider an analogy. Uh, we might not think that a drop of water has any kind of impact upon a rock when it hits it, but in fact, Ivan, when many drops of water hit a rock over an extended period of time, it can actually leave a hole in the rock. Okay, what Satan wants to do is bombard us with just not one image, but many images. And over an extended period of time, what is it going to do? It will leave a hole in our heart. So just as many drops of water leave a hole in the rock, so do many images of pornography leave a hole in our heart. It does. It does affect our mind. Our mind is, in fact, like a glass that has been filled with Coca-Cola, the lust all those visions that we see on the TV and the songs are like Coca-Cola that has been poured out in our mind. And if we want to replace that Coke with pure water, we just got to start pouring clean water in the glass. What happens if you pour clean water in a glass? Eventually, all the Coke will spill out. Well, similarly with our mind, it has been corrupted by all these distorted visions of sex. And one way to start a purifying process is by replacing those images and lies with the truth and the real beauty. Amen. That being said, as we talk about pornography, it has far-ranging communal effects. A study Ivan in 2006 out of Salt Lake City, uh, the Desert News Top 10 Review, they reported that every 39 minutes a new pornographic video is being produced. Certainly that is increasing. They also reported that the United States has hosted over 244 million adult web pages. That, too, I'm sure is increasing. Uh, strikingly here, the pornography industry claimed over $97 billion of net value, and that was on the Internet alone. What does that mean? If you were to bring together Microsoft, Google, Yahoo, and Apple, combined they don't net the dollar figures that uh, the pornography industry does on the internet alone. Striking. It's just, it's overwhelming. 
You know, in a more recent study from Covenant Eyes in 2013, it has been found that 90% of boys before the age of 18 have been exposed to internet pornography, uh, particularly to mobile devices. The research mogul Google has reported that one out of every five search hits are for pornography. My goodness. And maybe the most alarming stat the most frequented eight-hour block that pornography is viewed online is from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So when we are supposed to be producing as an industry, we are watching pornography. Ivan, we are no longer a culture with a problem with pornography, but we have slipped into this kind of pornoculture. I read a very interesting quote the other day from the Playboy magazine founder, Hugh Hefner. Mm-hmm. And it was very shocking to me to see what led him to start Playboy magazine. In this quote, he says, I started Playboy magazine as a personal response to the hurt and hypocrisy of our Puritan heritage. Hefner elaborates, our family was Puritan in the very real sense, never hugged. Oh, no, there was absolutely no hugging or kissing in my family. There was a point in time when my mother later in her life apologized to me for not being able to show affection. That was, of course, the way I've been raised, I said to her. Mom, because of the things you weren't able to do, it set me on a course that changed my life and the world. When I talked about the hurt and hypocrisy in some of our values, it comes from the fact that I didn't get hugged a lot as a kid. Mm. Now, I heard this quote first from Christopher West on Mm -hmm. one of his videos on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that at the time when Hugh Hefner was starting Playboy magazine, just a few years later, John Paul II was also starting his theology of the body. Yes. This reason does not justify what Playboy magazine is doing. Yeah. We do can agree as Catholics with him in that repression is not the solution. Repression is not the solution, Ivan, is a good way of putting it. Turning away from our body and seeing sex as something that is very bad is not the right attitude towards our sexuality. And so what John Paul II did, he said, okay, yes, the body is not to be seen as bad. But yet, let me show you, let me untwist this distorted vision of the body Mm -hmm. so you can see it for it was meant to be. Yeah, amen, Ivan. I think that's such an important point. And gosh, does it not highlight for all of those who are listening um, who are parents, the importance of <coughs> showing affection with our kids and, Ivan, for that matter, um, showing affection with our spouses in front of our kids. So as it relates, Ivan, to this topic of, of pornography, there was a story I wanted to share. I was recently watching an interview of a young lady who was sharing her story about rising to the top of the adult film industry. Her name was Brittany. She was talking plainly about her desires as a teenager to live the lifestyle of the rich and famous. She said that she was often told how beautiful she was and that she can hit it big one day. Well, one day she got her chance and it landed on her on the streets of Hollywood shooting adult films. And on some days, twice a day, she indeed, we can say, was living (laughs) the lifestyle of the rich and famous traveling the world. Now, as she tells her story, She spoke of an increasing emptiness that would begin to take a toll on her life. She talked about how she became addicted to crack and and heroin as she tried to dull her senses from what she was engaging in every day and again, sometimes twice a day. And I'll never forget one line. She said, I was starting to feel plastic like a Barbie doll. It was then 
that she spoke about stumbling upon a Christian outreach group ministering to those who were involved in the adult film industry. While it took some time, months of ministering to her, she experienced the love of Christ in her life, and she has since then renounced her life as a porn star. And now, Ivan, she's traveling the world, telling her story of conversion and the many lies that drive the pornography industry. And maybe the most important point of all of it, Ivan, is that when she was talking about her conversion, when she talked about Jesus Christ, her eyes would light up and she would just smile. She was free. We talk about freedom. She was free. And you know, there's a lot of stories out there like this. You know, just last semester, yes. there was a student from Chico State who came to the Newman Center to church one day, and the preacher was speaking on sexuality and he was very straightforward we as christians we don't believe in so and so we don't believe we do this and so on and she was so upset by these teachings that she walked away from the church and one girl that was sitting next to her saw that that she was upset so she went and talked to her and then later on i went to talk to her too mm. and she confessed to me that she was very upset because she believes the complete opposite she said ivan you don't understand i've been all around the world with so many different guys now that everything I've ever wanted with whoever I want to. Mm -hmm. And even right now, I'm still doing what I want with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. and, ask, and I turned to her and I said, well, let me ask you a question. Are you satisfied? Mm -hmm. Are you fulfilled? And she took a deep breath and she said, no, I'm actually very empty. When yeah, I'm with them, yeah. I feel very good. Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, I just feel so used. Mm -hmm. A few months later, she came back to the church. She was at church during the week. I was surprised to see her during the week. She couldn't wait to talk to me after Mass. She says, you know what, Ivan? I'm going to turn, I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to remain pure until marriage. Amen. She found Christ. Amen. It is possible. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you have been, what matters is where you go from now. That's right. Because once you find out what God's plan for love is, you realize that it is far more beautiful and glorious than anything the sexual revolution can propose to us. Mm -hmm. That's right, Ivan. You know, and this young lady she experienced a profound grace and she talked about wanting to remain pure purity is a grace it is a gift it is the gift of christ and certainly it is a virtue you know our lord says blessed are the pure in spirit for they shall see god and i think we had noted this in the past you know that greek word katharos which literally translates as pure or clean actually it has a rich historical context and it has a direct allusion to the Old Testament uh, Levitical sense of the word and the rite of purification. Why am I talking about this? Because it's about offering. And to understand that purity is both a gift and virtue is quintessential, Ivan, because once we understand that, it is Christ living within us. And then our very lives, everything that we do, everything that we touch becomes an offering. And we're not thinking suddenly about sex every time we see the opposite sex because why christ has permeated us through and through so important i mean what is the passage from romans 12 verses 1 to 3 that our bodies are to be a spiritual worship a holy and acceptable offering to god we are to see this in its truest and literal sense ivan that our our whole bodies our whole body our senses are to be an offering to god and it is this great gift and virtue of purity that really uh, makes this possible. I, I thank you for sharing that story. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, and you know what? We often think of it as a problem that happens only to men. Men are the ones who struggle with purity. Men are the ones who struggle with pornography. 
But for all the women listening to this talk today, the statistics show that more and more women are becoming addicted to pornography too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that a lot of the talks are often directed to men. And so sometimes women who struggle with it may feel guilty or alone, as if they are the only one. There's a beautiful story of conversion from the book Delivered by Matt Fratt. And in this story, there's a woman who had been struggling with pornography for a long, long time. But she had kept it to herself because she felt like she was the only woman mm-hmm. out there with mm-hmm. this problem. Mm-hmm. Finally, one day, there was a speaker who came to her school to speak about pornography. And she confessed that she had been struggling with it. So when she heard that another woman had gone through it, she felt so relieved. Mm-hmm. She felt like, okay, wow, now I can open up. Now I know that I'm not a strange. And this ev- eventually helped her to overcome this thing that she was struggling with. Amen. So as we're talking about this, Ivan, I think it would be good for our listening audience for us to offer up some practical suggestions. Maybe I can just get that started. Uh, first and foremost, as we talk about purity and purity as, as a gift and virtue, then what we must understand is that what rests at the foundation of that is prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. Prayer then is relationship with God. How can we know what to do or what not to do? if we are not in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. And prayer is constant. What does Paul tell us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17? Pray without ceasing. We pray in those formal prayers, that that formal prayer in the Mass, and the liturgy, the rosary, so on and so forth, may form and inform all of those informal moments. Those moments where we might be walking down the street, see a beautiful person the opposite, opposite sex, and be drawn into that beauty in an inappropriate way. If we are living in relationship with Jesus Christ, we realize that we can overcome that. And praise God for the beauty that you see. huh? The, the second piece that I think is so important, Ivan, is the sacrament of confession. We have to be reconciled with God. We have to be right with God. Because if we are not, remember that great principle of what you feed grows. Sin begets sin. Vice begets vice, right? Well, virtue begets more virtue. If we go to the sacrament of confession, we will be right with God and we will see what we need to see. Remember, as it relates to God and his forgiveness, sexual sin is the first sin he forgave, at least as it's recorded in scripture, right? With a woman caught in adultery. So very important. Another good idea from the book Delivered was having love for the porn stars. Love the porn stars, not the porn. Uh, When you love a person, you will never find joy or pleasure from seeing them being used Mm -hmm. or abused. And so having this prayer for them, every time the thought comes into your head or the temptation comes, redirecting this temptation towards God and saying, Lord, I pray to you for this one person who God knows what she might be going through. Mm -hmm. But please bless her and bless those people who are also part of this industry that she might find Christ and turn her life around. Amen. This young lady I was talking about earlier in that interview, she was broken, Ivan. And as faithful Christians and Catholics, we need to realize that we need to be praying for these people. And I I love that you brought that up. And it it brings to mind another point. I mean, as a father who now has two daughters, well, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the last thing as a father you'd ever dream is, is, is for your daughters to get involved in that muck and mire. And so remember that that porn star has a father and has a mother. Um, I, I think that should kind of grip us a little bit. And I think there's some other practical things here, Ivan. For those of us who are parents, we must always be mindful that we don't leave our children 
uh, isolated or, or or alone with just not a television, but today the the iPhones, the, the iPads. Again, we've already talked about all those statistics as it relates to pornography. Uh, all of those statistics are increasing because of iPhones and iPads and and all of the social media. So uh, we need to make sure that what our children are watching is being watched. I mean, we have a spiritual jurisdiction over our children. We need to be caring for our children. And being attentive to the detail in this way is very important. See, Joe, it used to take money, time, and effort to stay away, to get porn. Mm-hmm. Now it takes time, money, and effort to stay away from porn. Mm-hmm. So in our kids, and our siblings, and our friends are just one click away from por- pornographic images on the Internet. It's been yeah. very difficult. And I think that as a parent, it is important not that I'm a parent, but I think parents, it's important that they become technology literate. Yes, yes. That you understand how to filter your computer. There's a lot of different websites on the internet on how to do this. Put, computer, put your computer in a high traffic area in your house. Yeah, yeah. Check the history files on your computer so you can see what they're watching, mm-hmm. what, where they have been in the past month, what websites they have been visiting. Yeah, and I would want to really emphasize here as we're talking about this, putting the computer in high traffic areas, looking at the history. You know, I have some parents saying, well, I don't want to invade the privacy of my child. Excuse me. You are their parents, and you have, again, the jurisdiction. You have the responsibility to make sure your child is raised in virtue and in goodness. So to all parents out there, be, be the parent that God is calling you to be, huh? So here's one more that I really, really like, and this one has to do with Dealing with that sexual desire or that temptation, what do you do with it? Uh, One way to deal with it is to redirect this desire towards heaven. There is a quote that says, You can't stop a bird from flying above your head, but you can stop it from building a nest Mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And in a similar way, you can't always stop lustful thoughts or temptations from coming, but you do have the power to bring them to Christ and prevent them from becoming a conviction that eventually becomes a sin. Yeah. So what, what do you do the moment that thought comes into your head? First of all and foremost, you thank God for the gift of your sexuality. You say, thank you, Lord, for making this woman or this one person very beautiful and for the gift of my sexual attraction. I recognize that this is good. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that because of original sin, something that is good has been twisted. Please help untwist it so that I can experience my sexuality the, the way that it is meant to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. and so that I can love this person as you love her. Mm-hmm. So... This is the opposite of repression. We're called to redemption, not repression. That's right. And you know, Joe, just learning about God's plan for our sexuality, reading good books like Theology yes. of the Body, getting informed, educating ourselves on what is it, what is it that we're really saying yes to. Because mm-hmm. if we don't have something to say yes to, the no's become very heavy. Mm-hmm. But once we know what we're really after, what our deepest desires are, and how to fulfill them through Christ, then... It becomes much easier to say no because we have a very powerful yes. Yeah, I mean, behind every no is an immeasurable greater yes. And there is a freedom in saying no because we realize the dynamism and the power that is in the yes, what we are saying yes to. And for all of our subject matter, what we are saying yes to, Ivan, is the purity of Jesus Christ. And the plan, again, as you just noted, that he has and the triune Godhead has for our bodies. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.